0: The aim of the book is to transform reactive players into proactive tacticians. I focus on breaking down complex situations into straightforward, effective strategies for those high-pressure moments in a match. So why not grab your copy now and step onto the court next time with a clear head and a set of strategies to win those matches you know you're capable of. Please enjoy the show.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row?
0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to another episode of the podcast series. Today, I'm delighted to have on the show, arguably one of the greatest and most successful squash coaches of all time, Ramit Khan, and actually probably one of the greatest coaches of all time. Ramit has a superb story and journey to tell, and he brings it to life wonderfully in this episode, and I feel so lucky and grateful to have spent this time and to have this conversation with him today. Ramit was the coach of legendary squash player, Jahangir Khan who famously won an incredible 555 matches in a row. I'll say that again, 555 matches in a row. This is the greatest winning streak in sporting history for any individual or team and has since had books and features made about this incredible feat. Ramit had a large part to play in this record, as well as the other titles Jahangir achieved, most notably 10 British Open titles and 6 World Championship titles. Ramit himself was a top professional player back in the late 70s and early 80s but decided to end his playing career early in order to coach and mentor Jahanga due to the tragic and untimely death of Jahanga's brother Torsum while playing a squash match. Ramit and Torsum were incredibly close friends and the untimely death of Torsum took everyone by surprise and changed the course of squash history. He shares the story in great detail. During our conversation, we delve into the mind and mental state of what made Jahangir such an icon and achieve all the success he did. Ramit shares some of the intense and brutal training that was performed and how the motivation of playing for Torsum was a guiding force in regards to them both turning up day in day out and doing everything for a greater cause. This is such a wonderfully beautiful description of a very special time in squash history and I'm sure you're going to enjoy this conversation as much as I did recording it. Thank you kindly to Ramit for taking the time today to sit with me, and please do sit back and enjoy what we discuss today in the show. Ramit Khan, welcome to the next episode of the podcast series. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I'm uh, really looking forward to this. I've looked at you from afar, from, from, from a young kid growing up in Africa, but I think a good place to start is maybe share with the listeners um, where you're living right now and what you're
3: up to in your life. Well, uh, I'm now settled in USA, San Jose, a beautiful place. Uh, I'm still involved in squash a little bit. I do a little bit coaching in a club called uh, Club Sports San Ramon. Mm-hmm. So no matter where we are, Jesse, really, we are involved in squash. So people like you, you know, they don't let us really sit quiet. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's
3: very nice. Exactly. So somehow, somewhere, you know, we are involved in squash. I don't get much time to go and see the tournaments, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when my students are going to play tournaments, I really uh, am in the club. So other students I'm coaching. But there mm-hmm. was a time here when I when I moved to San Jose. Uh, squash was there, but the players were not doing that well on the national circuit. But uh, I have been here for the last 10 years.
4: Mm-hmm. And
3: very quickly, uh, you know we did very well. The students were doing well. And then... They started doing well on the national circuit. And I've sent so many players now into colleges, universities. Mm. They became national champions. So it, it's a good, you know, As the time I passed here has helped squash. And I'm very happy that squash is growing so much in this country, especially.
0: Yeah, totally. And, and yeah, we, we can see all the college routes are amazing. And I've had lots of conversations yeah. about that. And look at some yeah. of the players you actually have influenced over the years. And obviously we're going to talk quite a lot about your hanger at some point, but, um, you're obviously still doing some really good stuff and sending kids through the college. Um, so what was your timeline? Just really briefly, because I know you were in UK for quite a lot as, as a younger man, and we, we might come back to that at some
3: point. Um, did you, and you're a Pakistani national coach also? Yes, to be honest with you, originally, I was a tennis player when I was in Pakistan. I was national junior champion in tennis. But Barrington, in those days, was trained by my father, Nasrullah, in oh, England. Is
4: he? My he? father
3: was in the yeah, in Lansdowne Club in England. And then happened to be that Barrington, this is I'm talking 1970, Barrington had to come to Pakistan to play the championship there. And when he came there, uh, we were, we wanted to go, obviously, to join father as well. So we were getting little trouble with the visa.
0: Okay. You
3: know, obviously, you know, my father was there, but the kids going, joining, then they obviously worried that they will stay there and this and that, whatever. So Barrington took us to the embassy and he met uh, the you know, consul there and he said, look, these are my coach's sons. And Naz has done so much for me. This I, I, They said, no problem. No way. They gave us the visa, you know. And we actually flew back with Jonah Barrington and Aftab Jawed, who was number one that time, uh, you know, and uh, number two in the world, really, Hmm. next to. And he was with us as well. So we came, and on the way, we stayed about three days in Tehran. Iran, that time, you know, and Shah was the king that time. Okay. But we had, so uh, Jonah Barrington and Aftab played squash. Exhibitions and my brother aman who was with me and he was davis cup player for pakistan so and we played tennis so it was good and then we joined uh, father in england so that was, that's how my and barrington said you have to come to squash because this is your family game you cannot uh, <laughs> although we played tennis you know a few um, uh, weeks there but then quickly we switched to squash and yes. my father then was coach at weston Prairie club birmingham Beautiful club with lots of tennis court, and we we wanted to play tennis because obviously lovely courts, you know. But the choice was that we actually, if we want to stay in this country, and we should switch to squash. So then Mm -hmm. we switched to squash, and uh, hope you know was good under my father's wing and with the guidance with Barrington. All these things uh, we in in one year, I was asked by Lansdowne Club where Barrington was coached then. My mm-hmm. father was coached and he left it to Barrington and he moved. But Barrington was there and Barrington obviously wanted to go on the circuit. He could not really do coaching much there. So they were looking for a coach. And when they found out that Nasrullah has son, mm-hmm. so they requested that, can we have your son? So my father said, okay. So I was sent to London and <laughs> in a very young age, that was my first job as a coach in Lansdowne Club. And, and how but old were said, you? How old were you at that time? I think I, think I was about 20. mm mm-hmm. And um, uh, as I said, in that one year, you know, to learn, to pick up squash and then go, I did very well. I beat uh, uh, John Richardson, who was the newly uh, under-19 British Open champion. Wow. beat him in one of the tournaments. And then I went on uh, and I won the West of England. (laughs) Brilliant. So, as I said, it was a good start, really. But that's how my squash started.
0: Perfect. Well, yeah, you say, you say a good start. And yes, uh, you know, you were a very high ranked pro at one point. I believe number 12 in the world was your highest. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah that's correct. Yeah. And, um, and then obviously the, the, the dynasty that got created, uh, after that as a, which we're going to, we're going to unpack throughout this conversation. And, um, you know, I'm conscious I want to hear parts of your story, but obviously with the working with Jahanga is, is, is a very amazing relationship. And maybe this is a good place to talk about this but but maybe you could share you know maybe the story about how yourself and uh torsum khan and how his tragic death led to you becoming Jahangir's coach because it must have been a very difficult and sad time because i think there was lots of plans going to happen but he, he died very young and
3: then it changed your career didn't it yes it did actually as i said people do dream you know and make plans in their lives but whatever really i believe as a muslim whatever god wants that happens you, he doesn't tell you he wants you to try your best according to your ability. He's given you ability mentally and physically, which you know in a squash is also required in everything, you know. So you do whatever you like, but eventually the destiny was written for you. Believe me, that happens. That's okay. what uh, my belief is. So we, you know, Torsum uh, was in Pakistan. We were in England and Torsum married my sister. We are first cousin, but we marry in cousins, right? Mm-hmm. So he married my sister and then he wanted to come to England. So we brought him to England. And he came there and my brother was coach at Wimbledon squash club, uh, Amman. And, uh, I was at Lansdown. So Amman then obviously gave Torsum that job and Amman moved to Birmingham. Uh, so that's how we settled Torsum there. And then Torsum uh, was obviously, he had put on a lot of weight, you know, not, nice. not training properly. But my father used to call us and <laughs> every weekend, no matter what you are doing, he was, the head you know so when he used to give us a call i want you to be in birmingham on saturday so we had to after finishing coaching and things me and me and thorsum used to catch you know go train sometime or car sometime go there and wow. there he used to myself my brother aman and torsum he used to give us training and coaching and whatever you know knowledge he used to give us so that was the, the routine and then Torsum very quickly came on the circuit he was a very good, beautiful player, lovely ball control, you know. So very quickly he picked up and then he was in top 10 as well. So that's how we were doing, playing tournaments, everything. Yeah. And then later, uh, what actually happened later, I think uh, Thorson probably knew that he has some problem with, but he never told us. Okay. He never told us. Uh, and in, that, in this period, then Jahangir was coming up as a junior. And I think 78, something like that. Jahangi did well, well in, in the junior championship and on the way from Sweden, I think he came to London. And when he came there, Thorsum actually wanted him to stay with him. Mm-hmm. And Thorsum was thinking that he really will now try to retire from his squash and concentrate on his younger brother. Okay. We didn't have anybody else really in the family. So that was the plan. But And Jahangir was talented. So we could see that if if talent is there and you work with them properly, put everything together, then the result can be shown, right? Mm -hmm. What happens at the end, that's not, but you can try. So that's how the plan was made. And we said, okay. So I said, wouldn't it be nice that if we can have our own place? And that time I was a coach at Wembley Squash Center who had 15 squash courts Mm -hmm. uh, were there, you know, and beautiful club, British Open used to be there, and the main tournaments, you know, championship after uh, 16, top 16 last, used to move to Wembley Conference Center. As you know, that's a beautiful center. You know? Amazing, but it was yeah. a good venue. Mm. Yeah. So when we made a plan that we should do that, you know, so I said, okay, if, if it will be good, you can have a club. And there was a club in Dunning Mill. Beautiful club. And Thorsum had some contacts there. One of his uh, accountant was, you know, working with them as well. So they said, you know, we could actually talk about this. And we can sell some shares to you. Wow! Okay, Torsam cool. told me, and Torsam told me. I said, "Yeah, that's great." I mean, Torsam and myself, if we can have a, at least fifty percent share in the club, yeah. Then you see, as a as a coach, we are working hard, you know, but to make living. So that would have been a part of making living, as well as a venue where we can train Jahangir,
4: mm-hmm.
3: along with whoever you know. So that was the setup. So I said, "Okay, we can do that." So very quickly, the plan was done. Everything was done. They agreed that they would sell us shares and all that. But the finance has to be uh, prepared, you know, to do. So I spoke to my bank, Lloyd's Bank, and they said, yeah. My manager said, yeah, whenever, whatever you want. So on the circuit, uh, Torsam and myself used to go on the circuit, go to Australia, New Zealand, and then come to Asia, and then come to play the Egypt, and then Pakistan, and then come back to England. That's how it used to be every year. Okay. So I said, uh, uh, Torsum, I think uh, you go to Australia. I cannot join you there because I must do the finance. Why? Because the Christmas was coming up. And sure. I said, if before Christmas, if we can come back and take over and do the opening on Christmas, that will be good for the members there and everybody. That was the plan. So I didn't go to Australia. And before that, Torsum was training Jahangir for about six months. And before he left, he left Jahangir with me to train him. Mm-hmm. And he went to Australia. And I was trying to put the finance together. So Jahangir came to train with me, and uh, Torsum was playing a tournament there in Adelaide. I was at home, just about to go and join uh, uh, Jahangir, who was waiting for me in Wembley. My flat was about five minutes' walk from Wembley. I was at the flat, and I had a call from Australia. Wow. And uh, Jeff Hunt, was on the line and he said to me, this is what has happened. The torsum had an accident, you know, he collapsed on the cold and he's in a very critical position. So I didn't understand, you know. So I said, yeah, and I don't think, you know, you better talk to the doctor. So I spoke to the doctor and the doctor said, there is no chance that he will survive. Oh, wow. Wow. And he's on the machines, obviously, you know, but I don't think he, if he comes back alive, he will be like uh, Vegetable, nothing. Mind is will not be there, you know. Mm. So, can you tell us, please, to turn the machines off? Man, and oh, I I really shook. shook. You know, I I couldn't believe because you know, no matter what people say, but he was very close friend of mine, my first cousin. You know, we dreamt together to make our future good for Jahangir, for ourselves, for Pakistan, for squash. and he was my brother-in-law. He had two little kids. Home in Pakistan, wow. so I said, I, I cannot say that. So I said, You better speak to his father because I cannot allow you to do that. No, so no. I gave the number to the doctor of Uncle Roshan. They spoke to Uncle Roshan, and Uncle Roshan, then after understanding, you know, obviously he's a father and he must have felt more than I, did, wow, to be honest. Totally, but yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, Man. but he
3: gave the permission because there was no other way.
4: Mm.
3: So that happened and I know you can you imagine how I called Wembley Squad Center and asked Jahangir to come home because mm-hmm. I have some news for him, you know. I couldn't tell him. So when Jahangir came there, I gave him this news and obviously Jahangir must have you know got into pieces really. Of course. Because he, he must have thought now his future is gone, his brother is gone, who was his mentor, who was his coaching him, you know. So all these things it's a big blow, believe me, you know, to the family to all of us and then we waited and you know and then i said okay we have to really fly to pakistan
4: mm-hmm. so we
3: quickly uh, you know ma- made the arrangement and we went to pakistan so went there and his body came about a few days later his body came and you can imagine then the people from the family from all over you know the telegrams coming in those days you know mm-hmm. all i just can't tell you what we went through
4: Oh man!
3: Anyway, man. but yeah, in in Muslims, you see, we are there. They mourn for about forty days. Forty days. I was there, you know, living with uncle, you know, on, and people were coming and you know, all these things, and then the officials were coming and this. Torsum uh, was that time uh, in PIA as well, uh, grade six officer. So PIA was helping us all. Do the thing. so they said, okay, the chairman of PIA came, who was Mr. Noor Khan,
4: mm-hmm. who
3: did so much for Pakistan sports and squash. And on his recommendation, Jahangir was brought to PIA as a cult. And that's how Jahangir was in PIA as well. So he said, look, we will keep Jahangir here now, you know, and, and the best thing which had happened was that before uh, uh, Torsam passed away in those six months when he was training Jahangir, Jahangir, as an amateur, was playing well, and then there was a world amateur championship in Australia, and Jahangir was sent sent him to Pakistan to go and join the trials for right. the team.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But he didn't uh, uh, do well in the trials, so he was not on the team. But Lur Khan said, "Okay, we will send him anyway to go and you know if we can see the tournament, if he can play, you know, and get gain experience." So Jahangir yes. went mm-hmm. there. As you all must know, in Adelaide, he went there and happened to be, luckily, as I said, destiny. You never know. To be that one player from Nigeria, from somewhere, did not turn up for the individual tournament, mm-hmm. which is before the team event. Mm-hmm. And they put Jahangir in to qualify. And wow. Jahangir went and qualified the tournament. He qualified mm-hmm. and then he played the first round against last Kavant of Swedish, who was a very good player as an amateur, but very good player. And he was about to lose, but somehow he pulled out from losing and he beat uh, Avant, 3-2. Amazing. So when the news came, you know, Jangi rang, obviously, Torsam, those days there were no mobiles, you know. So Torsam calls me and he said, he won. I said, great, that's fantastic. But we did not expect that he will do. But then he went on and he beat another play, another player. And before the team was going there, we trained British team. Myself, Yasin Barrington, we all, you see, they were training, were uh, playing with the British team.
4: Mm-hmm. And
3: we knew the strength of the British team. So when he beat all of them, and then he had a semi-final with uh, Johnny Leslie, top British player. When he beat Johnny Leslie, I said, Torsum, if he's beaten Leslie, I'm telling you he's going to win the tournament. And then he reached the final and he beat uh, Philip Kenyon. Yeah. E- one- oh wow yeah this What's was uh, as i said exactly this was a uh, again you can see this was so uh, great for the family for pakistan squash for Jahangir, for torsum of course he was over the moon you know mm-hmm. that now Jahangir. and that's how then we made the plans mm-hmm. you know to train him now so that was the basic really amazing but wow. now yeah after this blow really you know terrible blow i would say uh, sad thing but now we are there, we are, you know, thinking. So, so Noor Khan, the same person, he said, now Jahangir was the world amateur champion. But to be honest, on the way from Australia, after winning the amateur, he was supposed to go to Pakistan. And I, and, and Malaysia, you know, played to, I said to Thorsum, Thorsum always asked me for advice, you know.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And he said, what do you think? I said, no, Torsum, don't send him to Malaysia or Pakistan. Don't let him play any tournament because if he loses all the glory will be finished i see Mm. we want to we want to open the club with a newly amateur world champion exactly everybody thinks there you know so that was so he didn't go to pakistan he didn't play tournament and he came straight to england brilliant so this was it and now torsum gone to australia all this dream we had so now all this thing we are back in pakistan with sitting Mm. there okay noor khan said yeah sorry so noor khan said now Jahangir will stay in Pakistan. We will train him. We will, uh, you know, and Jeff Hunt was the top player at that time.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And behind Jeff Hunt, there was Kamar Zaman, Mahibullah Khan, Hidi Jahan, Maksuda, you name it, right? Myself, Thor, we could not really beat Hunt. So he said, we will train Jahangir now because Jahangir. So I said to Uncle Roshan, I said, Uncle, don't do that because there are so many top players here and Person like Jahangir Young, up and coming, they will thrash him. And the politics will play against him, he will never come on the top. Again. Why did Torsum wanted to take him away from Pakistan and train him in England? Because we had spoken to each other. That was the only way. Sure. Take him away from those politics and away from those, you know, and train him the way we want to. So he said, Yes, son, I agree with you. So I said, Don't listen to Nur Khan. Okay, He will push you. Mm -hmm. They said, we'll give him a big house. We'll give him 10 servants. I said, servants and big houses (laughs) do not make world champion.
0: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You need the hunger, the desire.
3: Exactly. I said, think about yourself. How you did, you know, time Nasrullah, my father coached him as well and made him world champion, made him beat Hashim Khan. Roshan was younger brother to my father, Nasrullah. And Nasrullah trained him to beat Hashim. But in what circumstances, you know? I said, think about that. Then I said, look, Barrington. Barrington used to wash dishes in the restaurants when he was training under the wings of uh, uh, Nasrullah Khan. Mm-hmm. Hard work, little time, you know. We these big houses and lots of servants, you know. He agreed with me. He said, yes, son, you are right, and I will do. it. So Nur Khan called us, and it's on the video. If you go and YouTube, mm-hmm. you can see it. Myself, Russian, and Nur Khan sitting, and Nur Khan said. What do you say, Roshan? So Roshan said, I want my son to go with my nephew, Rahmat.
0: Nice, nice.
3: So he said, okay. If you say like this, okay. And then he said, Rahmat, okay, if you want to take Jahangir, you take him. But he's national asset. If you don't give the result, you have to answer the nation. <laughs> pressure, pressure on you now, eh? Oh my God, you can <laughs> understand. So under those pressure, I said, okay. I had a faith in Allah, God. And I said, okay. And I had a faith in what I wanted to do with my clear mind and, you know, everything there. So I had to give up my own career, really. In the beginning, I played some tournaments here and there, but then slowly, slowly, I gave up. Mm -hmm. Even in those days, I beat world number seven, uh, Bruce Brownlee. So then slowly, slowly in the ranking, I went down, but then I finished. I used to be directly in in the world championships and British Open, but then I didn't go. And I said, no, instead I would work. So that's how I tried to train him.
0: Brilliant. So you found, said, you found you found you your purpose in in a you're, you're the little bit of a different route. And it's an amazing so I just wanted to like thank you very much for sharing that story because you you said it so beautifully and eloquently and and sad and tragic and all these amazing things were in place that then obviously got got, got taken away pretty quickly. But Obviously, the story worked out really good in the end. And um, so, so what did what did you see? Obviously, now you're you're training Jahangir. You you know you you're stopping your career. What was so special about Jahangir? What did you see in him from that young age? What 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 do
3: you think it was? You see, from young age, as I said, the only thing which I saw, obviously, one story on the side is I want to. But what I saw in Jahangir, obviously, Jahangir now has you know in first few months. Jangir is not living with me. I had a beautiful flat, three-bedroom flat. I was married to an English girl, uh, you know, and I had a little baby, Natasha, you know, which you know, bad for <laughs> we, Lashes. We, right? we spoke about, I know,
0: before we record, I just, anyone listening, <laughs> bad for Lashes, one of my favorite bands about 10, 15 years ago, and I couldn't believe, like, Natasha was your daughter. It was an amazing connection. So, yes, and so Natasha, big, big fan.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I said, you know, um uh, so that that was, we were living you know in there and Jahangir probably sad he, he lost he had lost his brother he has lost his coach he's lost his mentor you know all these things right so i found now i whatever i could i motivated him i did things like you know and he's not living with me Wembley is only 5 minutes walk from there but on the training sessions you know i saw that his heart was not there okay you know so like you see, later on came Rocky, Rocky the boxing. And the same thing was happening in Rocky, but we did it before. Before <laughs> Your, okay. your film anyway.
0: should have been yeah, made before.
3: <laughs> so after having dinner, I used to send Jahangir, he has it in his own room, you know, and before go to bed, I just wanted to go and see if sleep or not. he has to get up in the morning and do training. So to make sure that he's having a good sleep, which is very important for an athlete. That good food and good sleep is as good as or part of your training like you're doing good physical, mental training. So I used to go. So I opened the door quietly and I looked and Jahangir was not sleeping. Instead, he's crying. So I said, Jahangir, what is this? So I understood that he's missing his brother. I said, that's it. I bought one of Torsum's picture in the frame. I had it in my, I bought it and I put it on the bedside table and I said, look, Jangi, if we are going to do this, both of us have to really concentrate and work for it. This was Thorsum's dream. Let's do it for Torsum, okay? only point as a coach I could see is that I have to have some kind of a point where I can make his focus on that and motivate him. So mm-hmm. that's the only thing I could see now. You have to have some kind of a point for a player to... Uh, to give him that reward or make him do that. You know, everybody has different weakness or whatever. So I made that point and I'm glad I did that. Mm. And I said, now I'm putting the picture of some here on your table. So be man. Now, no more tears, four corners, like a squash court, whatever I'm teaching you and you're learning before you go to sleep, in these four corners move your opponent to these four corners stretch them there that is a squash okay and your life is a squash your dream is to fulfill it for torsum okay don't let me down nice so i'm with you whatever we can we'll try our best give 100% and leave the rest to allah
0: amazing amazing well my, my follow up question which i think you might have answered was how important was the mind of Jahangir and and where did he develop his mental strength from? But I think you might've answered that. Was there anything else you could add to that? Or or do you think that point of Torsum was, was, that was the big drive, the big motivator
3: for, for his mind and mental strength? Yes. No. You you see that first thing was that Mm. to develop his mind,
4: Mm. his
3: mind into something. It was that focal point. Right. But now mind, you know, if your body doesn't do anything, mind can't, mind can only dream. Make a dream or your mind says that I want to go ten miles from here, you physically you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Mind plays a big role, but only if the body has done what the mind says, without body, mind cannot do anything. Mm. Mind has to tell you, mind has to guide you. So I prepare his mind now, but now I have to prepare his body. So then we had to make a plan how to do the training. I had learned so much Mm -hmm. from different players, believe me. Barrington, my father, Roshan, you know, Hashem, you name it. Abu Talib, who was a very close friend of mine, you know. I spoke to him a lot. A lot of top players, right? I learned from them. Jeff Hunt, you know. So, my own mind, what I could do and what I've done training, I put a plan for him and I said, look, that's what we're going to do. Okay. Right. Very nice. but we had to go on that journey through physical right and then physically when we do it then the mind who told us to do it but was not confident now when we reach the destination there to the target now mind is also confident
4: mm, love it
3: now mind can change their routine you know his idea and do things right so that's how the mind works really So we prepared, I prepared him physically. And one thing which which was very important in this world, uh, Jesse, when you're doing something and you're successful, it creates jealousy. And there are lots of people in a queue who want to take the same position which you want to take in the race. So they will some will push you, some will elbow you, some will do whatever they can in their way to put you down so they can take over. So I knew it, that if you are left alone and a lot of I feel are left alone with no partners, no mentors, uh, nobody who are helping them. Then they are straight. Then they don't know which way to go. Nobody right. to show them the way. Sometimes you need to hold their hands, really, to take them here. They don't understand. You know, it takes time. for. So I squash rackets. In those days, I had made a company called Unsquashable. I was the product oh, producer no way. So
0: are you Mr. Unsquashable? Wow, I see it, Bob. Some of the kids I was coaching today have the rackets. Brilliant, okay. I'm glad to have met and Mr. Unsquashable. Unsquashable.
3: Unsquashable was the first racket who was made all black in fiberglass.
0: Cool, man. Before cool. that,
3: no racket. They were woods, and know, and I was the first one. Ramathan Black, Ramathan White, Ramathan Red, and Ramathan Blue. And Jahangir actually was sponsored before he won the World Amateur I myself, unsquashable, and he used to play with Ramat Khan White, and he won the world amateur with Ramat Khan White, and wearing Ramat Khan clothes, Amazing. which was called Habab. Brilliant. So this is all goes into that. Anyway, I love that. As I said I took two unsquashable rackets, went to his room, and I gave him one racket. I said, "Jahangir, you can break this racket." Puts it on his knee, and he goes Pack.
4: two pieces. Of, oh,
3: very good. Then I gave him two rackets. I said, See if you can break this. So he, he tried his best, but he could not break two. I he said, died. Just a lesson to you. You and me together do miracles.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I tell you, by ourselves, nobody can break us. So this is, and that was the first lesson. I, and then from there,
4: mm-hmm.
3: came 24 hours. And as I said, that's how so many things went through. And the result was there, Jesse. You, you know, Absolutely. the best result ever already.
0: Mm, beautiful! Wow, I'm, I'm just I'm just sitting here absorbing these beautiful stories, and uh, yeah, you, you're telling them so well. So thank you. I love these. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna zoom out a little bit, and, and we might zoom back in, in in a second. And so obviously, the, this amazing career with your hanger, and you're by his side. You know, the two rackets that aren't going to be broken. So which maybe match it, match or matches. Stick out in your mind the most. I'm sure. I'm sure there's some really special matches, and you know, if if you can remember them, can relive them with us. What what sticks in your mind about those special ones?
3: He played many many matches, right? Tough matches, like he, you know, over three hours uh, with the uh, uh, two hours forty nine minutes, something like that. You know, with Gamal Awad, four yeah. games. Yeah, had it gone in the fifth game, it would have been over three hours. You know something. Mm-hmm. All these things. He has beaten top players like Jeff Hunt. You know, he's beaten um, Barrington. He's beaten Kamar Zaman. You name it, right? Hidi him. The match which I remember. tell you a lovely story about it as well. We were sitting in a Sheffield, which was the first ever glass back. Back wall was made glass. Oh, we were wow. fantastic. No revolution. You know, Barrington was number one player at that time. And wow, we were so happy that now you can see squash from the back, you know, all these things and the Sheffield, that's where they put the court. But later on, that court was into full class court. Yes. Mm-hmm. This Junior championship was going on. I was coached with the Pakistani team and we were there, you know, and the opening was done by Barrington. Barrington, you know, was doing the opening and Mr. Willstrop, you know. Um, James Wilstrop's father was anchor. So he, he called Barrington on the court, did the opening and he said, Barrington, you had won so many tournaments on this court and lost as well, you know, your title and this and that. Do you remember any match?
4: He said, yes. Not my match.
3: I remember Jahangir playing with Maksud Ahmad, who had beaten Chef Han, who had beaten Kummer Zaman. This was Ispa Tournament. That time PSA was Ispa, International Squash Player Association.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And he said <clears throat> Maksud and Jahangir playing a tournament. And where Jahangir beat Maksud, nine love, nine love, nine love. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> he said, I remember that match. We all <laughs> will and this is true. And that is my favorite match as well. Brilliant. That when no first game on the court. No, Shudamad is a very good player. So I said, Jangir, okay, as we normally say, you know, stay on the tee, stay in front of your opponent deep length, you know, and your game, keep the ball tight. Oh, he goes on the court, comes out with nine love. Great, that's very good. But now you have to maintain this. Don't lose the concentration. Don't let, you know, uh, points go away. But I did not expect that he will win that. Nine love as well.
4: Jeez. He goes
3: and he wins another one, nine love. When he came, I said, "Jangir, now let's see if you can do the third one.
4: <laughs> Good.
3: Again, this was a motivation, this was him to concentrate because if he loses the concentrate, then the points get out, you know. But no, I said now be determined. If you can beat him three, nine love,
4: fantastic.
3: And I'm looking for that as well. So he goes and he comes out with another stunning. nine love. That's and, the, stunning. and the game was not very quick either. Mm, interesting. I think it took over one hour, you know, at least one and a half hour, something like that. Every game was 20 minutes, 30 minutes, something like that. Wow. So Maksud tried everything and you can understand the frustration of Maksud. He did everything. He did not squeeze a point.
4: That's brilliant. You can
3: understand us so no... I wonder why Barrington says we all were shocked.
4: Yeah. That was the
3: best, best match. And I remember that. You know,
0: fantastic. Brilliant. Wow. What's, you obviously spoke with Jahanga about it. Uh, You know, I don't know if you could unpack what he was thinking, what he was trying to do. Obviously, the concentration was at another level. How did he maintain focus for that long, do you think? Was he in the zone? Any thoughts on that? You might not, but it's just really curious.
3: Yes. Uh, Jesse, you see, concentration is the most important thing for a player. I've seen a lot of players that train very hard. They do everything when they come on the court under the nerves. The concentration is first thing which goes.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Now you're thinking about losing. Now you're thinking about bad squash. Now you think thinking of what the people will say. So the concentration, that's why to keep the concentration there. You know, once somebody asked Muhammad Ali, he said, when you are in the ring, you are shouting, you are saying this and that, and there are so much people shouting around. How do you concentrate? He said, yes, I know that. He speaks about that in his book. He said, Every, all this thing is going on, but believe me, my concentration is so good that if you drop a pin on, in the ring, I will hear that. <laughs> I love that. Concentration. And I say, let's take, we, we, we used to do uh, 440 yards kind of a, you know sprints, right? Uh, when you're doing that, the concentration has to be there. Mm. You have to finish it on time, right? Every second counts. Learn concentrations like that. When you're doing, you know, solo practices, I used to put him do solo practices, concentration has to be there. When you are walking from your home or driving from your home to squash club, concentration has to be there. That's what you're training concentration love it so that's you, a concentration you, training
0: you, yeah so you're not just kind of go okay jahanga concentrate when you step onto a squash court to play a match you're doing it in all these other periods
4: yes. any
0: yes. any any situation in life you're you're challenging him to do that i love
3: that that's brilliant that's really cool and the biggest concentration we have as a muslim is our five times pray when we pray we forget about all the problems we forget everything we are on the that pray mat. In front of Allah, God, Mm -hmm. and that's it. He's the creator. I'm sitting there. My concentration, if my concentration is on my God, believe me, I relax so much. My worries are not there. Everything like a yoga. Mm -hmm. And these things all come out from this. No, Jangir, I used to tell him pray and pray to Allah and concentrate. Mm. So you concentrate on that and fantastic. So that's how we learn. But everybody has their own different way. I'm not pushing somebody you know to nope. to do that mm. everybody has their own way. We have respect for every religion
4: or everybody
3: yeah 100%. but this is my way, and that's how we did so mm. that gives us the thing
0: and uh, there's there's a, a very interesting route we might not take it, but um Obviously, if we look at the modern world, everything is distraction. There's just constant notifications, phones, TV. And it's like, <laughs> you know, we can't like, we, we, we're not training that part of our brain now. We, or if we need to, we need to really focus, don't we? We need to turn, do not disturb and really go in. And, and, and well, what's your thoughts on that? Obviously, you work with some, some young, young children going off into colleges and stuff. How do you try to get that? concentration which you said is one of the most important factors of of the athlete of the mind how do you try help children kids or people who are very distracted get into the concentration you might not have an answer but (laughs)
3: any thoughts on that yeah no as i said you see while i know our coaching or campus go we don't allow kids to speak on the phone and things like that Mm -hmm. because that's what never they come out and quickly the phone is out you know everybody's like that even ourselves we do that okay yeah but Mm -hmm goal if I am doing something then concentrate on that mm. so we tell them you know and you can speak to them you tell them we tell you know we tell the players we tell their parents that that's how they should you know night time you know go to bed sleep have a good sleep no phones and things like that mm. right well, sleep well you know so these are the things. but as I said this is the problem uh, the information you know to take we are there but this is the biggest destruction I would say for anybody in life is this phone,
4: Mm,
3: right? If you can keep from them, our mind will be fresh Mm -hmm. and if the mind is fresh, things can come in the mind, can store good things, you know, and can take you physically you know, right path really.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's obviously one of the most amazing things. We've got all this ab- brilliant stuff at our fingertips, but it's almost like we don't know how to use it properly yet. You know, our brains haven't evolved quick enough to kind of understand how to get the best out of ourselves because the technology has gone like this, but our brains are still kind of going a little bit flatter. It doesn't, it's not as quick with that. And yeah. And, and talking about
3: brain d- during the matches, you know, when Jahangir used to come out game, I did not allow anybody to speak to Jahangir. Leave me, not even his father. Hmm. As going on, his father will not come to speak because his father said, Ramath is his coach. Let him speak. Now, this is the right thing." Hmm. But what happens normally that if player comes out, there are five, six at least people, you know, walking by there. Oh, do this. What oh, do? Or, or everybody's on his. In that one minute rest, my God, his computer here is full. <laughs> totally. of play this. Do that. Don't do this. Sir. And when he goes back on the court, he's in the mind, no
4: chance. I did
3: not allow anybody. And a lot of people then started copying Rahmat and Jahangir.
4: Mm-hmm. You no, know,
3: there was nobody. My father, Nasrullah, was the coach of Barrington, but he was not 24 hours with Barrington. I was the first one. We set an example The 24 hours we were together, right? And in the matches like this, I will speak to him and I will not speak too many things. I didn't have to coach him that time how to play a drop or do that. Just simple. Weakness mm-hmm. of his opponent, strength of his, what is he doing at the moment and what he, he should do. That's it. Nice. Too many things? No. Clear mind, few things. and Go on the court and do it. That's how it is. So mm-hmm. I, I will advise, don't talk too much, please, to the player between the games.
0: Great advice. Great advice. And you, you said this word earlier, and, and you, this might not be, but did Jahangir ever get nervous?
3: <laughs> if I say no, I don't believe. Everybody gets nervous, but the quality of a player is that when you are nervous, what do you do? How do you come over that? That's the quality. Everybody feels nervous because there's something you want to achieve, something you have not done before. All these things makes you nervous, but control it. So control again, as I said, is it believe in your work, done work. You say okay, I've done it. Now no more worries that you're going to give 110%, not 100%, 110%, right? And be brave, brave of field. People, you know, they're very brave. I can do this. I can punch you. I can, uh, when suddenly there is a fight on the street, they run away. Mm -hmm. Those fighters. Fighter, the ground. You know, and that's what Jahangir had done. So he must have been nervous like that. But as I said, he, he used to control it very well. And relax, relax. If you are very nervous, everybody technically advises that you are nervous your hands are shaking. So when you go on the court, hit the ball as hard as you can. Some people even, you know, scared that hitting hard, I might get tired. Mm -hmm. So I say, then you have not done the homework on fitness. Mm -hmm. Hit the ball as hard and your nerves will cool down. Love it. Mm -hmm. Okay, like a boxer, when he goes, bang, 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 you know, before the boxing, they're doing shadow training, Why are they doing a Sweat like anything. Hashem Khan used to play best of three before his match. (laughs) Did he? Wow. (laughs) Sweat out like anything. Take his clothes, shirt off, you know, put dry shirt and then go on the court. And then he used to say, (laughs) I can run all day now.
4: (laughs) I love it. He's
3: scared of getting tired. Mm. Like a child who is running around all day and he doesn't get tired because in his mind, there is no tiredness. Mm. When your mind is thinking that you'll get tired, you will get tired.
4: Mm. 100%
0: 100% there's there's some good studies of mind over mind over matter mind over body it's the mind stops first doesn't it because and then the body can exactly. go way further than you think the mind can go and so how were you yes. um how were you able to keep yourself but also Jehanga so motivated all these years you know all the success the 555 matches all those titles all those trophies did you have methods for yourself and him because I can imagine there was points where he was going oh we have to do it again and again and again what do you think of that
3: with you, my because I'm I was very, you know, uh, religious person myself as well. Okay, I have done wrong things and things like this, you learn, but I was very religious, and my faith was
4: God, alone, okay. okay? Mm-hmm.
3: And I used to write.
1: Hold up.
3: To get started, visit plushcare.com
4: slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash To
3: Right before what has happened, like his world championship, I had written everything before that he will win the championship, we will take the trophy to Thorsam's grave, which I told him as well between the games, that if you win this championship, this trophy will ta- Believe me, I wrote all these things because it's my dream. And it's my faith. Writing something that means I have a faith in that. So whatever used to happen, I had used to write Jahangir. Never seen it, but Jahangir used to see me when I'm sitting in the plane. I'm writing all the time. That I've got that diary somewhere. Believe me. Amazing. So you have to have faith in yourself. And I had a faith in myself and a faith in my God. Right? That I used to write. So this and what was motivating me? My responsibility I have to answer the nation. Answer the nation was afterwards, my uncle answered to Jahangir, answered to Torsum because I deep down had promised with Torsum that I will do, I promise. Mm. There was an article after Torsum died, I had article in the Scotspur magazine, Pathan always keep their words. I will come through that. And in that, I said that what you left with me, I will promise that I will do, fulfill and do Mr.
0: Beautiful. So
3: that dream which we wanted to do, Torsam has left me, okay, but I was there. So I feel that so that was my responsibility and that was my motivation. And do something for somebody who had nothing. Everybody does things for themselves. I wanted to do that for Torsam I wanted to do that for Jahangir, for my country, and for a squash and for my family.
0: Brilliant. And you can spell just this conversation. Now you've got so much energy and passion still, and you can see like, yeah, hopefully you're, I'm sure you are passing this on to all the other students. And, and I'm just, I'm feeding off your energy here. This is, this is brilliant. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> So <clears throat> just maybe fast forwarding a little bit. Um, so thinking about Jahangir towards kind of the end of his career, how did you help when he may have been losing these matches to maybe the younger fitter players, players who he probably knows he can beat um how did those conversations go with him? How did you work together to try help him navigate that? To be honest with you,
3: you know, after winning 555 matches, eight, um, you know, five years, eight months, first time I was not with him in Switzerland, there was a tournament and my wife was pregnant. She was about to deliver. So I did expect that he would lose. So I said, Jangir, you go. If my wife delivers, I will. And, uh, you know, to the final. mm mm-hmm. Happened to be that she didn't del- deliver and he reached the final and he played Ross Norman and he lost. And I had the news from my sister-in-law from Monte Carlo who were watching that time. And she called me and she said, he's losing. And, and she said, he's lost. And that was a big shock for me. A shock for the world. That mm. The whole world. My God. Know, and news. it was, yeah, it was in the news, BBC, ITV, you name it. Big <laughs> old papers, you know, that, uh, President Reagan, these days and the king of squash loses his crown in the main news.
4: That's and ridiculous. the paper do never
3: wrote about the squash. Big, big article in that. My goodness, and that there also there was a article in the paper that uh, 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 they compared Jahangir with different sports people. You know, Ed Moses, who was number two to him, uh, Daley Thompson. You mm-hmm. know, uh, lot of the boxers, Larry Holmes. All these things never tolova. He was far ahead of them. Hmm. Uh, Sunday times in London. A full page was given to him. Anyway, so when he lost, then obviously he came back and I said, no worry. You know, you've been beating the world. So today you lost. Right? Now concentrate. So believe me, he went on to win about 400 matches after that again. (laughs) brilliant. Right? Hmm. But then, then my... Business was suffering unsquashable because I was not giving time and this and that and my wife and my children were obviously, you know. So I had to keep away from Jahangir, uh, you know, for about I would say about six months.
4: Okay.
3: I I will go to his matches, but I was not really training with him. He was spending more time in Pakistan and here and there, you know.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And he, here came John Sheer, and John Sheer beat Jahangir nine times,
4: hmm.
3: and nine times when he lost. He lost every tournament, but our uh, target was that Jeff Hunt has beaten Hashim's record and he won eight times. So we said, okay, great. Records are there to be broken. We want to break Jeff Hunt's record and win it nine times. But now, as I said, he lost all the tournaments except British Open. Uncle Roshan called me and he said, what is this happening? Mm-hmm. And Uncle Roshan was losing his temper, really, is you know, it's cool. And he said, this is not on. And I said, Uncle, yeah, but now he's grown up. We cannot really push him, you know. I cannot push him like that.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: If he wants to train, right, he has to ask me. So I flew to Karachi. I called Jahangir. We said three of us. And I said, Jahangir, you know why you're losing. Because your training is not there properly, right? So you want to beat him or not? He said, yes. So, but, you know, you know what work has to go through. He said, yes, okay, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe he tried his best do it on his own, but to do on your own, my dear. Difficult time. Tough training session is not easy. Mm. You need somebody to push you there. Leave alone a tournament and a match. Mm-hmm. So, but every player, every child, they want to get away from their parents. You now they are playing there. So, so maybe he thought that as well, that I can do things myself. And I yeah. let him go. I said, okay, do it. You know, but I think he could not do it. Mm. So when he realized that he cannot do it, he said, yeah, I want to do it. So I said, okay, so we flew back to uh, England. And I, that time I was not in Wembley. Uh, I had moved out to Rickman's work, bought a beautiful, you know, um, house there, fantastic living, all these things, uh, you know. And I had uh, three children now. And uh, I used to go from there, drive about 20 minutes. So I said to Jahangir, Jahangir is an outboard flat in London, mm-hmm. Edgeware Road. And I said, Jahangir, okay, you, he's living on his own. He, before that, he was living. With, I said, come to Wembley tomorrow and I will join you there for training. Nine o'clock was the time I arrived there. He arrived there, but he arrived half hour late. Mm, interesting. Which, as a coach, I did, coach should not compromise discipline, hard work, and things. So I didn't like that. Okay, we did training session. I said, okay, see you tomorrow at nine o'clock. Pressing nine o'clock. He went. I went there nine o'clock. He's not there.
4: And I think it's it's
3: not a good thing when the teacher is waiting in the class and then the class, you know, sure. students come there. I don't like that. Okay. They should all be waiting. Mm. They should all be waiting. And when the teacher moves into class, they all should stand up in respect. That's what I teach my, you know, mm-hmm. children, right? Mm-hmm. When I went there, he was late again. So I understood there must be some destruction, which is making him come late, losing his discipline. Mm -hmm. He never was. So I said, okay. I didn't say, I don't have to discuss with him problems. I have to bring a remedy for it.
0: Yeah,
3: I said, okay, Jahangir, I'm not training here tomorrow. We are flying to Pakistan. Wow. He probably must have thought, My God, because I know there is something which is stopping him, you yeah. know, getting up early in the but he did not ask me any question that why are you taking me to Pakistan? You trained me for last you know all these years mm-hmm. in England. But he because he was dying now to achieve, and probably he was guilty inside whatever it is, you know. Okay, fine. Wow, he did not come on time. We flew to Pakistan, it was a month of Ramadan in which we Muslim fast. Mm-hmm sunrise to the sunset, we fast, we don't drink, we don't eat, we don't, you know, like this. He wasn't fasting. If you can't fast, then you have to, you know, uh, do it later. Mm -hmm. So he was not fasting, but I was fasting. And it was a very hot summer, right, in Pakistan. And there was no air condition in the center. Hmm. Right? So I trained him there. I trained him very hard. And whoever was available matches with that. Anyway, but in that one month, I really pushed him to limit, you know. Mm -hmm. And when I saw his fitnesses back, again, as I said, I don't have to teach him how to play drop shots and how to win matches, right? Mm -hmm. His fitness level was down. I brought him that. He comes back to England after, you know, a couple of weeks. We go to Holland to play the World Championship. The final as seeded two. John Sher as a seeded one, reaches the final. I said, Jahangir, okay. Now, so he used to have a racket in his hand and he used to shake he said yeah said okay and if you are fit go there and tell him how Jahangir used to play give him the taste of old Jahangir nice goes on the court and the first rally lasted under seven minutes wow end up on let but that seven (laughs) minutes I think John Sher had no competition like that from anywhere in his time in that time from anybody so that seven minute rally and believe me, Zhang beat him. I think nine six, nine three, nine three, something like that. Three straight, Brilliant. amazing. And then he went on to yeah, he went on to win three British Opens, more and world champion, whatever you know. But this is this how it is, you know. So as you said, uh, you know. But then beat, record, life as well. I left him now. Yeah. But then I wasn't with him. Then he did it all on his own. And he went on to win 10 British Opens, my God. And the last British Open he beat, John shared three, one with nine, love. But after that, it was 15 points now. And he was on his own. But as I say to you, it's very difficult to do things on your own. Yeah. Right. Had I been with him, I would have taken him for another five years <laughs> to win all the major tournaments in the world. But that's. You know, just <laughs> a dream. <laughs>
2: right? Yeah. Well, listen.
0: Like, even if even if you felt, he, yes. but, well, these stories are brilliant. Uh, I'm so glad yeah. that we're having this conversation today. And yeah, just um, and then what age did Jahangir retire? How old was he when 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 he hung his racket up eventually?
3: I think after the British Open tenth time when he won, mm-hmm. it was a very good win. And I if I I had been with him, I was not with him then. I had moved to India and I did a lot, uh, you know, squash in India, produced lots of players who came to play, you know, get, got the um, um, uh, sponsorship and went into colleges and universities. Here, the top player in the Harvard University, Siddharth Sach, there was my student as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I went there. So I was not with him. Had I been with him, my advice would have been do not play any more tournaments. Okay. Retired.
4: Like Muhammad Ali,
3: when he retired, he should have not really played another you know, uh, fight. He did mm. with Larry Holmes and that was not good for him.
4: Mm.
3: But there are bad advisors, greedy advisors. They make you do things for their own sake, for their selfishness. And they put Muhammad Ali in the ring. Bad. Same thing with Jahangir. I would have said, that's it. Now, if you want to make money, you can go all over the world, take a tour. Take a circus, take four, five, ten players like Barrington did once. Barrington did a great job. PIA-sponsored circus. He took a player from different country and he went fantastic. Clever. Mm. That's how to make I would have advised him to that. Mm. You know, he didn't. He was pushed by somebody to play tournament in Pakistan. It was a world championship so he played. So what happened? Okay, they won the team event. They would have won the win- team event anyway, I think. But their world Event championship, he plays the individual, he should have not played the individual, he should have just played the team event. He plays and he lost to John Sheer again.
4: Mm.
0: Mm. And that was that was the beginning of the end, you think? That was yeah, just and then he
3: retired. But it's too late. Mm. Damage has done. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Wow. Mentors don't just tell you about the squash, mentors tells you about how to live in life, how to have a character. Make a character of a player. My father make a character of Barrington who was checked out from Dublin University being alcoholic. <laughs> what a, he made his character. Learned from Barrington as well.
4: Yeah.
3: I learned from Barrington. I learned from Jeff Hunt, how he used to train, how they went onto altitude and did training. Yeah, these are examples. We have set an example. A lot of people have learned from that. Good luck to them. And that's how you should learn. And add to it to whatever your mind tells you, whatever your coach thinks, whatever you know... Then it's even better. Mm. Make the things better. Yes. Better. So ideas we I picked up from different people. And a good person is who puts all the idea together. And that's what we did. And we saw the result of Jahangir.
0: Amazing, amazing. Wow, well, Robert, this is, uh, this is, as I said, been a real, real treat today for me. Um, you know, in, in, in closing, is there any other maybe memories or stories that we might not have touched on? There might not be, but I want to give you the opportunity, um, to maybe speak about part of your life as well. I know we spent a lot of time speaking about Jahangir and maybe there's something that, that in your life that you might want to share, but what, what, what comes to mind when I ask you that for, for maybe something to close with?
3: Well, as I said, anything if you have in life, you have to dream about it. Really. Dream about it and write it on the paper like I I used to write with Jahangir. Then to fulfill your dream or if you're going wrong somewhere, you know how to do that. So the dream is first thing.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: But dream only comes true if you practically find out the ways, ask the advice, read more as you can, see people, you know. Never be really selfish. See what you can do. All these things put together. Your dream. So a lot of sheer work is required. And the work, because you don't know what the result will come. So have a faith. Have a faith in whatever thing. Destiny. You try your best. Wherever you can reach in the race, just give your best.
4: Wherever you have
3: reached, that is your start again for the next race. That's what I believe. Dream and to fulfill the dream you work hard for it and you will you will be surprised
0: wow beautifully beautifully said and and you know um i'm sure the players in your stable at the moment are are, are going to be doing some really good things like i said you you produce some really really great players and um Thanks. sharing these stories today has just been an absolute treat and so so what um you know in, in very final closing what's uh, what's next for you how how do you see how do you see your medium and long term uh, at the moment involved with squash
3: you know, there was a time when I was in England and the Pakistan squash was doing very bad, really, on you know, a junior level or senior level. So one, uh, you know, president of Pakistan, Air Chief Marshal Musaf Ali Neel joined joined, you know, and uh, he wanted to do so much. He asked John Sher he asked Jahangir, you know, Kamar Zaman, can, why, you know, can't we produce ch- champions now? We have not won the junior world championship for 20 years, British Open for 21 years, live, live along the senior, you know. So they could not really answer him. But Jahangir said, I can't do anything, but I can bring a person. Tell you the person who made me. He said, said, my coach, Rahmat Khan. So he said, and now they had no guts to ask Rahmat Khan to come to Pakistan from England. So they said, can I give you the responsibility, Jahangir, to bring Jahangir? He said, okay. So Jahangir called me in England. Mm -hmm. That time I was training Karla Khan, Mm. uh, who was from the family, you know. Mm-hmm. Azam Khan's uh, 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 his son's daughter you know so Jahangir spoke to me on the phone and he said and I, I was really doing well with Carla and the target was to make Carla the world champion but when this thing came this was a bigger responsibility for me from Pakistan they had never asked me before Jahangir I did on my own not that Pakistan asked me. They just put responsibility on me that I have to answer the nation, but they never paid me one single penny or helped me with wow. anything. It was wow. all family affair, right? So now they asked me, I said, Ramad, this is a chance for you to do something for the country. So I had to leave Carla, but I didn't just leave Carla. I said to her father, I said, look, I'm going to Pakistan, take this job, but Carla, now you are paying me but Carla is most welcome to come there and join me. And amongst the junior player, I think it will be very good for her to train and go ahead. And that will be free of cost. I gave that offer, but they didn't took it. that offer. Nice so right. I went to Pakistan and three months hard work to beat England in the final. Right? Will Straw, Bakker, they were yeah. all in there. Mm-hmm. And I beat them with the newcomers, really. <laughs> and we took the world championship. And then after two years, we have trophy for two years. We beat Egypt, right? Omen and this Mossad and they yeah. all were, Rami all were there, you see. Amazing. And we took that. So four t- years, we were world champion. And I got so many goals. And British Open, 21 years. Basat Ashwag won, you know, Safirullah. Um, all these, we won twice the British Open and all the titles. Brilliant. So all these t- we did, but then the politics was so much there.
0: Yep. sure.
3: I had to resign. Given hmm. a big award by President Musharraf Tamghaim and I left. It's the same situation again. Hmm. Ask me, yeah, I would like to do that. I'd like to go back to Pakistan or get involvement, something with the Pakistan to do because Pakistan has done so much for squash yep. and the color of Pakistan along with Australia, New Zealand, England, Mm -hmm. you name it, different nations, Egypt, you know, color not make uh, squash complete. Squash is complete without Pakistan being there on top. And that's what I would like to see to promote the game. Thank you. Really, really well said, and
0: hopefully uh, someone from the Pakistan Federation or they can put this out there. Is you and again the energy? I just can't believe your energy, man. This is just brilliant. I thought I had a lot of energy, but you've stolen the show today.
3: <laughs> this is all about a squash, exactly. So anybody who comes to a squash, believe me, you're going to lift healthy, you know, and you're going to be very motivated player in your life and you have yes. lots of energy squash drink yes, squash right. eat squash <laughs> sleep squash play squash like barrington used to say <laughs> amazing well it's,
0: it's it's about 20 past nine and 90 i feel i want to go do some court sprints and play squash right now myself i feel motivated <laughs> Um, khan listen thank you so much for your time today this has been such a treat i know people are going to love this um good luck with all your endeavors and i look forward to keeping some communication going
3: also Jesse, and you know, you bringing all these together, as I said, me speaking about the squash and the character in the squash, that's my life. And thank you for reminding me and remembering all these characters, whoever they are, wherever they are, you know, they're doing a good job. They've done a good job for the squash. Without them, squash would have been nothing. The history of squash would have been nothing. I congratulate everybody and I wish them all the best and live long, live happy, safe and healthy. Thank you very much indeed. Amazing. Thank you, Ramit.